Hello and welcome. You're listening to Planet Bio. This is our weekly startup office hours, where we discuss all things at the intersection of digital and biology. Before we get started, a brief disclaimer. Planet Bio is not affiliated with any institution or organization. Views belong to those who express them. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Planet Bio, where we talk about all things at the intersection of biology and digital, all with a focus on founders and startups. We have the usual crew, uh, myself and Hamdi, and we have Joey Azufefa joining us today. Joey, thanks for joining us. No, thank you so much for uh, for the invitation. Really excited. Awesome. How was your Halloween, Joey? Happy Halloween. Uh, it was it was good. It was very relaxed. Um, I, I've been really into this. Um, well, I think the Ninja Warrior craze yes. on ABC or NBC has been a thing for like 10 years, but I just discovered yeah. it like two weeks ago. And there is something very like calming about watching people sort yeah. of the air, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I really Absolutely. like it. I watched that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how about yourself, you- Hamdi? How was it? How oh, was um, I went to a interesting live recreation of rosemary's baby so it was an interactive theater piece across four different stories in the townhouse in new york it was a lot of fun and then otherwise uh my dog was cutely dressed up in like a nasa jacket so she got to enjoy herself earlier in the day um how about yourself jeff yeah it was good um yeah went uh Went trick-or-treating with the kids which was fun so here's a question for you what's your favorite uh, Halloween candy bar. I think for me, it's probably. Ooh, actually, I don't know. I think it's Kit Kat. I, 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 Kit Kat for you? Yeah, I was thinking for me, it, it's between Kit Kat and Reese's. Like sometimes oh, the Reese's peanut butter is too sugary, but um, yeah, that's yeah. Kit Kat's a really good one. How about you, Hamdi? Um, because of my dairy allergy, I could almost never have Halloween candy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the brands have started to bring out like vegan versions of their candies. Right, um, right. So like there is a limited release of a vegan Kit Kat, and that has been on the oh, list. Oh, okay. I need to find it and have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it does look amazing. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So so this was great, Joey. Just to to get started here, um, can you tell us a bit about what you do and what was your path to get there? Yeah. So. Um... And again, very excited to be here. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, today, I am the CEO of a company called Arpeggio Bio, where we're trying to drug transcription factors uh, with HTS transcriptomics. And I can talk a ton about that. And I yeah hope to. Um, but the path to get there has been circuitous, for sure. Um, I did my undergrad degree in biology, um, like the intersection of biology and math. And then... Um, I knew then that I really wanted to do research. So I found a really cool lab at University of Colorado um, that was kind of at the intersection between biology and computer science. And so I ended up working with Robin Dow and, and she was super interested in these, you know, next generation transcriptomic um, data analysis techniques. Um, back then we called it machine learning, not AI. Uh, and so, you know, we were excited about, can I predict you know, drug response um, from chemical structure of a compound? Can I understand whether a transcription factor is active or inactive in a cell? Um, And I met my future co-founder in her lab, uh, Tim Reed. Uh, So again, I did a PhD in in computer science. Tim was doing a PhD in molecular biology. Um, 
And he was developing these really inexpensive and really high throughput techniques for studying gene expression. And uh, we kind of hatched the idea of a future company at that point, but um, we didn't really, we weren't really entrepreneurial by trade, right? I barely knew what a startup was, um, certainly had no understanding of like venture capital or fundraising or drug discovery or business models that would even be exciting to apply when you have a, a background in, um, you know, transcriptomics and, and biochem and computer science. So I went and worked at Merck for a little bit. I went and worked at Former Therapeutics for a little bit. Um, you know, I think at, at the, when I was out working amongst the pharma field, we were seeing a lot of opportunity, I would say, in applying, you know, transcriptomics truly to the lab. Uh, to the chemistry process and to the MedChem um, hit to lead and lead optimization cascade. And that kind of shoved us deep into the world of, well, you know, if no other pharma company is using transcriptomics to guide SAR, we're probably going to have to, um, you know, do this ourselves. And so then, uh, yeah, then we applied to this accelerator called Y Combinator. We got into that. We did a seed round from Coastal Ventures, and then we just did our Series A. Um, last year so it's been wild and now we have compounds that are hitting a diversity of targets and tumor growth inhibition of mouse models so it's very exciting now um but uh it started yeah really as like a platform interest in transcriptomics and um yeah i'll, I'll pause there i don't know if we want to double click on any one specific thing <laughs> yeah. this is this is awesome yeah I'd, I'd love to dig in a bit you know you mentioned y combinator Sometimes people call it, you know, YC for, for our listeners um, and, and not, you know, being an entrepreneur by trade. And it can be kind of mysterious, right, when you go in and some programs like YC help give you skills to do that. But how did you learn how to be an entrepreneur? I mean, how did you get over that barrier to say, hey, look, I've got this idea to becoming a, a founder and a CEO of a company? Yeah, I, I, I'll just be totally upfront. Like, I, I don't think I was, you know, one of those founders or founding CEOs that was like, um, we, you know, I have this like vision for the world and I need to like inject yeah. my vision. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was really from necessity. We'd, uh, we had started the company, um, you know, so, uh, so Tim, myself, and then uh, Robin Dow, our, our PI, um, we started the company and we brought on a, you know, a, um, an executive in the local bi biotech community. And um, just based on, and you know, the goal was that, you know, this person would be the CEO. And the thought was that uh, we would raise money or that we would progress the company forward. And just due to time constraints and due to like professional activities, you know, Robin really couldn't do that because um, she was a PI at, at um, University of Colorado. So the person couldn't do that. They were working two other full-time jobs. And so it was really kind of like, I either had to be the CEO or the company would just end, right? And the thought of, even at that point, all the hard work that Tim had put in to, um, you know, developing these really cool assays and myself putting in to developing all the computational analytics, it was just like, good God, like that would be terrible to, to let it go to waste. Um, yeah. So then I was like, okay, I guess I just got to do it. And, um, and thank God for YC because... You know, so much of that experience was, you know, just putting me in the room with folks that had money and just being being um, giving me that opportunity to just tell the story. And we can talk a lot about it. But at that time, in you know, 2019, 2020, the platform biotech 
pitch really resonated and um you know, we were really fortunate to, to raise from a lot of really high quality investors. Um, but again, it was really out of necessity. Now I, you know, we have like very clear mission and it's very much like inject our vision into the <laughs> drug discovery world. Right. But back then that was, that wasn't my attitude. Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. Good for you. That's awesome. How did you approach Y Combinator? You know, I think folks sometimes know about it uh, and, and what it does, but it might be a little uh, unclear how to approach applying or getting into it. I mean, what was your experience going in that direction? Yeah. Um, so two things. One is um, after Tim and I had um, kind of started the early part of the company, and then after I kind of gone through that story of deciding to be the CEO, we brought on our third and final co-founder, Laura Norris. And she um, has had experience with startups in the past, and she knew of YC. Okay. I literally had not even heard of it at that point. And there, she was like, "Zoe, like, you should, you know, we should really consider applying to this thing." And I remember going on the website, and um, like the Paul Graham, uh, who is the founder of one of the founders of YC, uh, this little short video being like, "Explain your startup in five seconds," and I was like, "Good God, this is going to be <laughs> a nigh impossibility for biotech." It's like it's one thing to say you're like, you know, Uber for pets or whatever, but it's another thing to say right. that you're trying to drug disordered protein regions and transcription factors, right? Um, like, there's a whole separate slew of <laughs> jargon there. Um, so we had to really so the, the application right you can i mean anybody can apply um you fill out i don't know it's, it's an application that takes like uh, 30 minutes it's very very light honestly and i think that's probably on purpose and the the real thing that yc tries to focus on right is, is brevity it's like if you can't explain what you're doing in a short set of sentences then they go so far as to say that you don't understand your market you don't understand your product you don't understand your business model which you know i mean i think there's some truth to that i don't think it's entirely that it's especially for biotech and sciences being so technical. Um, yeah. But but we did, I mean, gosh, like in that application process and then preparing for the interview in um, Mountain View, uh, I spent, yeah, days, weeks, months, whatever, trying so hard to like boil down what we do into a single, you know, one sentence, two sentence phrase. Right, right. That's that's awesome though, and yeah, what a great great experience to go through. It's always the toughest part, right? Is getting getting all that information distilled down into something short, concise, and something that still communicates that that information. I'd be curious to even dig a little more into, you know, you've you've started this company. You're in charge of running this company. There's a lot. I'm sure a lot of lessons learned and a lot of challenges that you faced head on what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in especially in those early days and how did you get through them yeah i mean i don't even know where to begin there's so many um <laughs> i think that funding is a huge thing with biotech right we yeah. don't really make money on it especially yeah, if we're, again right, right. you know to to make a drug like you know the the balance sheet is just constantly decreasing. So right. it's hard to choose. So then you ask yourself, okay, well, how do I direct my cool platform technology? What targets do I go after? What disease areas do I go after? Um, and I think there's two ways to approach that, right? Um, one is, uh, maybe there's three ways, but I think there are two predominant ways. One is to try and chase whatever pharma is interested in. So 
um, you know, whatever Merck is interested in or Pfizer or Genentech and um, focus on those and read endpoints and just do your best to keep up with the trends. Um, that's a nigh impossibility because who would who would have thought that GLP-1, you know, and weight loss was going to be a thing six months ago, right? Or, or a year ago. Yeah. Um, so then the other way you could do it is to get a lot of internal conviction around a pathway that you're just really excited about. Maybe it's something that you worked on in your PhD or, or you believe from like a bottom up perspective, this pathway or this target will be exciting. Um, maybe there's less people working on it. Um, or maybe you have like a novel way to target it or provide some selectivity benefit um, from a tox perspective. That's how we did it. Um, the third, now that I'm thinking about it, is trying to forecast uh, what the targets will be exciting in the future. Uh, oh, yeah. And that is so hard, but it's so <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, it's like, well, what is the intersection of environmental, you know, if you think about climate change, right, and you think about um, the rise of particulates in the air, will we see an increase in lung cancer because of that? And should we then be thinking about products focused on non-small cell lung cancer? I mean, they're all already a lot, but... Right. It's that sort of thinking that um, I am very excited about now uh, so that we're always, you know, ahead of the curve or at least following along with the curve. Um, so that was such a hard thing for a for a biotech, for an for a first time founder technologist who's ultimately I'm you know at the time and still to some extent, my competencies are really in the nitty gritty of like, let's build a cool device to study biology or study chemistry um, to move towards how to, you know, implement and apply that device, that is a, that has been such a learning curve for me. Yeah, yeah. And Hamdi, I'll, I'll shut up a bit and uh, throw it over to you as well. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, it's it's fun to listen in on two old friends reconnecting uh, a bit deeper <laughs> on things. Um, but yeah, I, I guess one other interesting question that comes up from the YC experience I've heard from some founders is, and you've touched upon it a bit, is the the collection of different ventures that occur there. So like what element yeah. of curiosity expansion, I would call it, occurred for you in like other areas? Yeah. Which parts of this will kind of carry with you now, even though obviously you need to be very much focused on, uh, you know, building your company, growing the company, um, finding the right sort of elements needed to keep accelerating it forward. But you know, life, life is more than just that singular focus alone. Yeah. And then the second yeah. element that comes up is also uh, times today are definitely very different in biotech than oh, yeah. it was then. So like, how have you been kind of preparing for those changes? How have you been like setting expectations of like, while you can learn from my past, my past is not reproducible in this manner. Um, is probably the two big questions I'd leave for you. Yeah. So a couple of things. One is, again, just reflecting on my background when I was coming out, out of my PhD, I was, again, very, very focused on like technology for technology's sake, right? I thought machine learning was cool. I thought transcriptomics and functional genomics was cool. And I just kind of wanted to do that, honestly. Um, and again, I circuitously found myself in as a CEO of, of a biotech. So when we, so again, no entrepreneurial bend to my life. Uh, so when I went to YC, I would say one of the two big things they harp on is product market fit, um, right? This this phase transition when you have something that people want and you're experiencing this like massive demand for that thing. I would be so curious. I'm sure people have podcasts on this all the time about like what are the biomarkers that are symptoms of the fact that you found product market fit. Uh, 
But in biotech, again, it's very challenging because as an early stage company, uh, you don't have a product for years, but you're still selling something. You're still selling the company. You're still selling vision. You're still selling a dream. So your um, the market is really investors for better or for worse for biotech. And the product is something related to the promise of the product or the promise of whatever you're doing. And that like intersection is, I don't know, it's more like platform investor fit, I would say. Um, and so that focus on the customer for me as an early stage biotech and being like, okay, well, the customer really is investors. What do investors want, right? That led me down a rabbit hole of thinking for at least two or three years. And it was tough because investors, um, in my experience, yes, they're opinionated and yes, they think they have um, excitement around a target or a pathway or a disease biology um, that's exciting to them. But they also don't know because they don't know and they're not founding biotech CEOs and they typically are not. And so they're also looking to the CEO when you approach them to have this exciting conviction around like, I think the world is going to look like X in five years. This is the target that's going to unlock massive, you know, unmet medical need for this patient population, give me money to do that, right? Um, and so as I've transitioned from this like early stage founder, so to speak, um, to maybe a more, more mature biotech CEO, I approach a lot more of my conversations from this place of um, this is this is where we think the world will go. This is our vision. And I'm hoping that that conviction lands um, rather than, again, trying to chase that market. Um, which is again a moving target that is an impossible, sometimes an impossibility to to try and chase. Um, but again, it's just a hypothesis. But long story short, is that I think you know YC was both helpful and, and not helpful. I would say, and me understanding this uh, this like platform biotech fit or platform disease fit or something like that. So yeah, Joey, this was super insightful for other founders, especially you know founders who are currently in grad school or maybe recently out of school, and, and they're really looking at a similar path. You know, they've got a lot of excitement and, and interest on the technical side, and they want to bring that out into the world, but they're maybe not exactly sure how to go about it. What advice do you have for, you know, early founders that are maybe listening to the podcast as they're just getting started? Yeah, um, I would say I've met two types of like founders maybe uh, in in grad school uh, and reflecting on it since I've been doing this. Um, one type of founder is somebody who just wants to be a founder, right? They've always dreamt of being a CEO. They've like dreamt of being like a Steve Jobsian figure and they just want to start a company. And there's nothing wrong with that phenotype. That phenotype can probably get you really, really far. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it is it is challenging to be that phenotype in in biotech for um, a million different reasons, right? If you're if you're motivated completely by, I don't know the 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 fame or the allure or the the standing in front of other people thing. Um, those nights where like early employees quit or investors pull out or mouse models fail or um, you know you sunk four million dollars into a drug program and it's dead, right? Um, yeah, because of a million different reasons. That I don't know if it'll get you through those moments. Um, yeah. My advice then is the second type of founder, which is um, somebody who is truly excited about the science. And I, and I think that um, 
that like focus on this like curiosity of like for me and Tim and, and for Laura too, but um, you know, Tim and I were the scientific founders of Arpeggio. Um, I think we both believe that there is a fundamental truth to the world or a fundamental truth towards disease biology. And we have this true passion, I think, to understand what that truth is. And the rest of it is just a requirement to get to that truth. The funding, the building the company, setting up the lab, all of that is cool for sure. Um, but the like the real nugget of gold is that like trying to get to that fundamental nature of reality. And uh, that gets me through all of the stuff. So my advice to an early founder um, who wants to get into this is to say, focus on the passion for the science. And, and I think if you do that, that passion will flow out of you when you're pitching a VC or when you're pitching an, um, a hire. And I, I think the last thing I'll say is that the market, or at least the dynamics of founding biotech companies, I'm, many people have said this, but so this is not like my thing, but have, have really changed. I mean, it's I'm so grateful for, for founders like Chris Gibson at Recursion or Alice um, at Verge, right? These like really OG 2014, first time CEO founders, founding scientists that like have made incredible companies, raised tons of monies. And that's paved the way for yeah. CEOs like me who, again, don't have that 30 years of drug discovery experience, you know, from Kendall Square, um, but have the excitement and the passion and the like, desire to you know understand the nature of reality or or push forward their cool their cool science so um yeah. i would say that now is a great time now is still a great time even though the market is terrible and even though biotech blah 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 and even though all that now is still a great time that um at least vcs have validated a little bit that uh, you know a first time founder can still lead and um create massive value in in biotech Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And thanks so much again for joining us. This was a really great conversation. I, I really enjoyed it and I'm sure our listeners did too. Um, yeah, fantastic. So